Hey, this is Gerds Handel, and welcome to the Inner Light Project. This show is for anyone who's wanting to lead a happier, healthier, and enlightened life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can shine your inner light. Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Inner Light Project. My name is Gerd Tundel and today I just have this amazing gifted, a powerful, abundant woman who is just going to shift your vibration. She is just an amazing light in this world and I'm just so grateful that I was able to speak with her. Cynthia Kane is a certified meditation and mindfulness instructor who empowers people to change their way of communicating through Buddhist meditation. Cynthia, thank you for being on the show and just being here today. You are so welcome. I am excited to spend this time with you. Oh, bless you. I'm just really excited to share your journey with everyone and just how everything that you're doing right now is just so powerful and that we need it in this world right now. So thank you for just being you. Oh, <laughs> that. And thank you for being you. Oh, so that you. messages can get out into the world, even making a bigger impact. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so my dear, um, I want to start at the beginning. So what was your life like before you became a meditation instructor? My life before meditation was uh, very chaotic. It uh, was very full of um, anxious thoughts, and I was very reactionary, very passive-aggressive in my relationships, and had a really difficult time enjoying relationships or enjoying the present moment. I could, you know, be on vacation and find ways to be anywhere else besides where I was. And I had a lot of uh, issues with silence, just being in silence and Mm -hmm. having kind of this need to fill the space. And I also had um, this, it it was almost as if I could get stuck in my past and really thinking about um, the way things were before And then, you know, the idea of getting then stuck in what could be and the uncertainty would then cause a lot of fear. Um, So I, I mean, before meditation, I was really living a life that I thought was the only option Mm. that to me, it was, it, it, it wasn't as if I was unhappy in that life. I didn't know any different. I didn't know that there could be a way to really enjoy the present moment and to have really connected relationships and be able to be with myself in, you know, all the, the beautiful moments and in the worst moments. So, so yeah, so it was, it was pretty much just being led around by a lot of my emotion and my reaction and my beliefs about, the world that, you know, came from the experiences that I had or just my, the influences around me. Hmm. Would you say that it was more to do with like how society is So like, it's all this, it's like a chase, right? So like from a young age, we're told to get a good job, sorry, good education to get a good job. And we're just all like running and we don't really have that time to just sit and reflect what we really want. Mm -hmm. It was really, it was, 
it was almost as if I didn't, um, I, I didn't know how to interact in the world besides the way that it was shown to me to interact. Mm. Um, and so it was almost as if, yeah, that, that kind of the automatic, you know, waking up and working and all that was there. I still had, I was still, um, passionate and I still really enjoyed, you know, my days. It was more just that I couldn't, I couldn't kind of get out of this feeling of just being stuck in, um, sadness or stuck in anxiety or stuck in, um, just this feeling that things, if things were going well, something bad was going to happen, you know, <laughs> uh, like, I relate. <laughs> yeah, it was almost like it was just this kind of distrust of, of the world, even though on the outside, it probably would not have seemed that way to others, but that was really mm. what was happening for me on the inside. So it was a lot of kind of, you know, keeping up with appearances sometimes, I think. Yeah, I, I totally relate with yourself because I was in the journalism world before and oh my God, <laughs> yeah. I would run around. Oh, it was just like I was chasing something, but I didn't know what I was chasing. And like yourself, my emotions would be up and down like a yo-yo every day. And like, I'd be so exhausted, but wouldn't know why. Um, and just, yeah, life felt so hard. Which so really... hard, so hard. <laughs> it, it would, it would right. be like, look across the street and you'd be like, it seems so easy for that person, yeah. you know? It seems so wonderful for this couple. Um, so, yes, it, it was really it was really hard. I was going to say, and like grudges or like holding on to the past, but not letting it go. And oh, my God, like, I don't know about yourself, but it kept me in the darkness for many years until it was for me in 2012, where I just woke up and was like, I'm done. I had a cancer scare, my dear. And um, I realized in that moment, either I can carry on this way or I can actually trust the light from within. And that was the best decision I ever made. And I think all of us don't realize that when we're in that darkness that there is light yeah. like you said because we've always um thought this is the path and we're following a path but we didn't we didn't know that there was other paths right that we, we mm. could go on and it's when we go from within that we can actually realize there's so many different paths we can go down yeah. um no one's just showed us them <laughs> right it's true I mean I for me it was really the um the, you know, the moment of waking up for me was when my first love passed away unexpectedly. Wow. And it really, I mean, it threw me into just such a tailspin of not knowing anything, you know, um, not understanding the world around me, not understanding um, myself, and just kind of shedding this light on this aha moment of mm. it's your responsibility right now to find a way to enjoy being here and to feel better and that for me was what pushed me to to figure to figure it out and to find find a new way of living because I knew that I couldn't I couldn't stay stuck you know mm. in that in that darkness wow it's so beautiful to hear that because so many people can go the other direction and just like go off the rails. And um, I ha actually have a similar story kind of with yourself. Like I was with somebody when I was 19 and they passed away and I went off the rails. I did the opposite and I just went and threw myself into drinking and just like doing anything to kind of ignore the pain. So I would just go out or like try and save everybody. <laughs> yeah. 
well really I needed saving myself and it, it took me a bit longer <laughs> but um yeah I'm grateful that you saw that and that you were able to just detect that hey it's time to trust from within yeah it took uh it took a while to figure it out you know in terms of what the best way for me was to do that so once you kind of had that realization what was the next step for you so it really was starting to seek out books and retreats and seminars and finding different ways to see the world. And it led me to understand that for me, it all came back to communication mm-hmm. and that I needed to change how I was communicating with myself if I wanted to change the way I was interacting with others and therefore the world so that I could have a different experience being in the world. And um, a friend of mine had sent me a email knowing what I was going through. And it was about a meditation and writing workshop at the Shambhala Center when I lived in New York. And I didn't know much about meditating or Buddhism, but I had always connected with writing. That was what I studied um, growing up. And I went and that's really when everything changed for me because I was finally in this place where I could just be with myself in meditation. And I never, I never meditated before. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I could tell something was happening (laughs) And, (laughs) and I liked what was happening, although it was quite uncomfortable in the beginning. And Uh, I didn't know much about what it really was or what it was doing. And that's where I learned the elements of right speech in Buddhism, which then became really the guidelines for me in terms of being able to start interacting in a kind, honest and helpful way and changing for me the way that I was interacting with myself first. And then it then became the practice that of intentional communication that I created and the the series of books wow wow that's yeah. just, oh that's powerful that wow <laughs> um yeah I just wanted to say that like it, everyone out there that you know it is possible to shift and transform it's it's allowing yourself to surrender and actually trust who you are instead of what the outer world is saying and that's what Cynthia did that she really honored who she was from within and listened through the meditation and I just think that we all have the ability to heal Yes. We just need to surrender. <laughs> yes, which is so difficult, you know, to do um, in the, the surrendering piece because yeah. it's it's meeting ourselves and it's seeing ourselves clearly. And that's not always the thing that is the most glamorous or juicy, right? Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to see ourselves clearly and allow ourselves to be as we are in our best moments and in our worst moments and and let ourselves exist and experience. Yeah. You just reminded me when I um, first started meditating and, you know, everyone's like, oh, you close your eyes and everything will be amazing after. That wasn't for me. (laughs) That's not normally the case. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it is really, it's, it's really beneficial. I mean, the benefits of meditation are you know, there's so many physical, emotional and spiritual benefits. But I will say that um, in the beginning, you can have I mean, you can have so many different experiences 
in meditation. Every time you meditate, it will be a different experience. And sometimes after you meditate, you feel even more anxious or sometimes you feel refreshed. Sometimes you feel really energized. Sometimes you feel really calm and relaxed, right? Um, so there's really no, there's no way that you can meditate incorrectly as long as you're meditating, I think. But it's also the experiences you have, they're all, they're all the right experiences. I was just going to say that I think a lot of us don't realize as well, we're already meditating without realizing. So it could be like you're on the bus or like the tube and you, you're just closing your eyes or you're just sat in that moment. That is meditating. And for my for myself as well, Cynthia, like I, I used to go to the temple when I was a child and I would sit there, but I didn't realize that was meditation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's really it is all I mean, it is all around us in our daily life what we we do right? It's anytime you are even listening to music can be a meditative experience when you're working out, when you're running, when you're walking can be a meditative experience. It's anytime where you are truly focused on one thing at a time, right? Even when you are at work and you are completely engaged when you are in that state of flow and you find that maybe something comes in and distracts you and you just notice that there's a distraction there and then you acknowledge it and then you say, okay, there you are. I'm just going to come back to what it is that I'm doing. <laughs> that practice right there, that's meditation. Yeah. I'm just going to go back a little bit with you. Yeah. Sure. So before on your journey, like when you would be like working, did it always feel like really heavy and hard? And it was, it was like you were bashing your head against the wall. That's probably mm-hmm. the best way. Yeah, it did. I mean, I, I felt like I was always trying. I was trying mm-hmm. so hard to succeed at things, right? I was trying so hard to create a career. I was trying so hard to uh, write. I was trying so, there was just this sense of trying and working and constantly, you know, going, going, going and not ever feeling fulfilled, right? Mm. You you can um, kind of check all these boxes and, it looks great, though within <laughs> it doesn't necessarily feel as as good as that moment where you're actually checking it off. Yeah, I relate. That's how I was before in the journalism world. It was just like deadlines, go, 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 go. But I never felt, like you said, like almost like not good enough. Like there was always something else that I had to strive for. And it was just... It, I always felt like I was just like bashing my head against the wall, like for deadlines and getting things done. And and then when I started meditating and doing the inner work, everything just started flowing. Like I could just sit there and write something in 10 minutes that would take me before like five hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really um, it's it is that you the trying piece just kind of disappears and the being and the existing and the doing begins. Mm. And there it's it's as if the questioning or the you know the stories that we kind of get stuck in that prevent us from moving forward we change our relationship to those thoughts to those stories so they no longer are what we live in they're things that we see as distraction and that we can choose a different way yeah so Madit why do you think that some people are afraid to meditate. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, I can say for me, I was extremely intimidated with meditation when I first went that weekend. I had this idea that I had to um, 
I mean, that I had to be in India or that I had to wear a sheep, that, <laughs> um, that I had to, you know, be at the feet of a, a guru or, um, I mean, in my mind, I had kind of built up all these expectations of what meditation was. It seemed very um, smart, you know, there was something about it that seemed like elitist in my mind. Um, and I didn't, I didn't connect with what was my definition in that moment of what meditation was, right? It was really intimidating to me. I felt like I had to know a lot more than I actually did know or um, have been practicing for years to be able to do it. Um, and I think often it's this fear of, I mean, the possibility too, right? The possibility of something becoming a practice that can help you move away from what it is that you've been attached to for so long, right? Attached mm -hmm. to the anxiety, attached to fear, attached to stress, attached to um, the way that you are. And then to think that, that there's a possibility of that shifting or changing, that can be very scary. Um, and uh, it's also the, um, the, the sense that people can't do it, right? I think that mm -hmm. prevents people a lot from, from doing it. Um, in that, you know, they have too many thoughts, or it's just, they don't have enough time, or it's not for them. Um, you know, they're too type A, I hear that a lot. Uh, but that's actually the perfect person to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> the person who has so many thoughts that it, they're just yeah. running themselves wild and bashing their head in, right? Like we were before. Yeah. Um, because it teaches you to love that person who's running around bashing their head in. And then also to understand that there are other ways that you don't have to bash your head in. You can really just stand there and notice the want to do that but not act on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's so true I 100% relate with what you're saying because oh gosh I was that person so when I was whilst I was at um you guys would say college we say university here um I was working in a pharmacy so I was like pro medication my mum was a nurse and I was like oh I've got a headache let me take that tablet oh I need I'm feeling sick let me just take that and um when I went on the journey of like starting to understand myself I was still a bit skeptical about things and I went to this event I think it was like an event bright um event and this woman was like talking about meditation and then we we had to close our eyes and I was like hmm mm. whatever <laughs> I was like what is this gonna do and so I, was, I thought okay you know what let me just try so I did and then five minutes later I opened my eyes up and I was like wow yeah what was that and I feel like it's because we've been preconditioned by a lot of things that, you know, if you've got a headache, oh, you know, go and get that medication. But it's never about trusting from within what, you know, instead of asking, what does my body need? We go and try to get a quick fix. Yes, it's true. And I love that you mentioned that about, you know, the taking a pill or, you know, an Advil or something of that sort over here, because that's what I mean, before I really started meditating and I remember being, when I was going through my certification in terms of, you know, teaching meditation and mindfulness, uh, a big piece of that was, you know, 10 days while you're there without phones, without access to really the outside world. Wow. And um, I 
was before this, I was getting a lot of headaches and I was having problems sleeping at night and I would take, you know, an Advil PM or I would take an Advil at that time. And then I decided to stop, right. When I started this whole journey, like you were talking about and experiencing the sensation of having a headache or experiencing the sensation of anxiety within my body before going to bed mm. and with, within meditation, right? So with your eyes closed and you are, you start to feel the sensation or put your attention on the sensation of it. And the phenomenal thing is that it rises and then it just dissipates. So <laughs> it's phenomenal because you then see, wow, all these things that I've been pushing away, mm. I really want to turn my attention toward. And once I do that, they, it, it dissolves. It's no longer as scary. Yeah. Yeah. I felt for me, it was like, it was like a release. It was yeah. like everything I'd kept up until probably from a young age. And I didn't know that I was doing that, um, was releasing and being raised to the surface. And I remember like crying <laughs> while these headaches were happening or something in my body. Um, and then I was realizing patterns within like family society. And I was like, Oh my God, like, this is not who I am. Like, who have I been? Like, it's like, I've always been this bright light, but I've forgotten about it because I had limited myself with all the opinions of society and everybody around me. Yeah. And those headaches were like releasing it. <laughs> well, and it is. So in meditation, when we have all that sensation, sometimes people will see colors. Sometimes um, there's, you know, your like for me, I swallow a lot during meditation or some people, uh, like twitch a little bit it's all stress just releasing from your body right and I think that that's the other piece with meditation that um it's not it's not woo-woo in a way right (laughs) I say woo-woo but it's it's really based you know in what it does with to the body moving you out of your uh, flight fight freeze response Mm -hmm. and into the parasympathetic nervous system where you can rest and relax and or rest and digest so that you you can be in those states that are um, overwhelming or stressful and and know how to interact with them differently because you're coming from a different place within within the body really in the mind yeah that's so true I was gonna say like I think a lot of us forget that like our ancestors knew about this stuff and they knew about connecting with like nature or meditating or trusting like nature and like so they know for example when they'd like farm in the olden days like when it was going to get dark or like they would sense sounds and Mm. they would meditate whilst they're waiting for something but we have become a society that's so fixed with having things done quickly that we think medication is always like the first it's like the old is is the is the natural way but really it's not (laughs) yeah I mean it's this slowing down piece too that meditation really brings And that it's in those moments where maybe what I love when you're talking about just the sense of, you know, that empty space, right? Previously, our ancestors had a lot of empty space in terms of time where ours is kind of cluttered with technology and phones and all of all of the things that bring beautiful, you know, beautiful creations and beautiful things. But then, you know, you can overdo it and it can cloud out who we who we really are and be able to 
take us away from that space that we need to just get quiet and just go inward so that we can ask ourselves questions and really listen and for the answers to know what it is that we need and what our body needs and how we can heal ourselves. And I think that um, that's a that's scary in a lot of ways for for people to think that that they actually have this much power too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so true. Yeah, because we all have power within us. We've just forgotten about it. Yeah. Yeah, because you see it with children, right? You just see how connected they are to their goodness, to their greatness. And they just don't care what people think. They're no. just like, so they want to run around. They're like, woohoo! <laughs> yeah. They're catching fairies or whatever they can feel or sense. And we end up ignoring that because, I don't know about you, but like, I feel like, when we were growing up, say, for example, we weren't, we didn't want to hug that auntie or uncle, but we were forced to hug them, but our yeah. senses knew not to. Mm-hmm. It, it's like almost like we kind of think that kids don't know what they're doing, but really they're actually teaching us what life is like. <laughs> really are. They really are. And they, what I love is just the, um, the array of emotions that they have and they feel everything yeah. in the moment that they feel it and they let themselves feel it. And that is to me what, for me, meditation really gave me this place to allow my emotions to be there, to not push away or not get down on myself because I was feeling something negative or something upsetting, but to really be able to let it be there. And that was really such a powerful realization for me. Yeah. We need to be more like kids. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And um, Samadhi, can we talk about your book, How to Meditate Like a Buddhist? Yeah, we can. <laughs> so can you tell everybody what it's all about? Yes. So How to Meditate Like a Buddhist is really teaching the practice of meditation. It is helping others understand how simple the practice and the processes and how easy it is to do. Um, and it's really showing that it's not this theoretical abstract thing, but it meditation is something that anyone can do at any time mm-hmm. right in, in the real world. Um, and so it brings it down, I think to being something that's doable and it really is to help us, you know, become more responsive instead of reactive, to focus on one thing at a time and to be in the present moment. And so the book really, it it's, it's the basic guidelines to get started meditating and going a little bit deeper into Buddhist practices and, um, you know, learning about the obstacles that we face when we are meditating and and then giving you you know 10 day challenges or 30 day challenges to to get your feet wet and to get started nice I like the fact that you say that you know that there are going to be obstacles whilst meditating that's so true (laughs) (laughs) there definitely are obstacles uh while you're meditating and um I mean in Buddhism they're called the five hindrances Um, and 
I can go into those a little bit if you want me to, but it really is, sure. I mean, the, the sense that our, our attachment to our desires, um, I mean, in Buddhism, the sense that suffering really comes from desire, but it really is the attachment to desire. So when we are sitting to meditate and we would rather be doing anything else, um, we basically want to go have dinner instead of meditate. That's, that's a desire, right? That will pull us away from meditation. So that's one of the obstacles that we have is that there's this sense that anything else is much better for us to be doing at this time besides meditating. Um, <laughs> and also, the we get into aversion, which is when you're about to sit and you think, oh, gosh, it's too hot. It's too hot for me to meditate. The cushion's not right. Can't meditate. It's too cold. Nope. Going to meditate. Right. We get into all of all of those bits that come up um and then sometimes we fall asleep during meditation so when that happens it's it's right to well this isn't for me I can't do this I'm constantly falling asleep and that's something that's so common especially in the beginning um falling asleep is very common and boredom right that's another <laughs> big piece because meditation is not I mean it's not super exciting you're just sitting with your eyes closed focusing on your breath or a mantra, or a sound, um, and noticing all of your thoughts. You know, that's not super exciting for a lot of us. Um, and then there's doubt, right? The doubt that, am I even doing this right? Why am I doing this? This is something that I started doing, but is this really even helping me, right? The doubt that creeps in. And then the restlessness, just the sense that, you know, I, I don't want to sit for 10 minutes. I don't want to sit for five minutes. I need to get up. I need to go over here. I need to clean the kitchen. I need to see what's <laughs> anything that can take us away from the park. So yes, there are a lot of options. And then there's time, right? <laughs> yeah. Time. So yeah. Yeah. We're always finding an excuse. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. But like you said, that's the time to actually go in and meditate. <laughs> It is. It really is the time to sit. It's that the moments where you're feeling, I mean, where you're feeling angry, where you're feeling stressed, where you're feeling overwhelmed, where you, if you're in touch with the sensations in the body of just the um, the energy going through very, very quickly in the body, when you feel very rushed, it's a great time to sit. You're basically doing the opposite of what it is that you want to be doing so that then you can exist in the world in the way that you want to. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Because <laughs> we haven't learned how to be who we are, right, before, because we've been following the same like everybody else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And meditation almost, meditation is bringing you back to who you are and how you show up in the world. Which is what I, I think is so beautiful about it because it connects you to your goodness, right? Mm -hmm. to, what maybe you feel you've lost right and then it's how you learn what it is that you want and what it is that you need and uh, what it is that you crave and what it is that brings you joy and you know what you want love to look like what you want um, excitement and adventure to look like for you right it, it gives you just such this um, beautiful space to reconnect with 
what brings joy for you. Yeah. And also, I mean, what brings sadness, right? To become really aware of um, those relationships or in your life that maybe aren't fulfilling you, right? It, it brings to light. It just brings awareness to everything. And then you get to make a decision based off of the awareness. Wow. Yeah. I relate with that, everything you're saying, because even with myself, when I started meditating, I didn't even realize actually I was an empath. Um, mm. So I was taking on the world's energy, people's energy, absorbing it as if it was my own and then being angry and oh, <laughs> was yes. an alpha female and mm. didn't, didn't realize I'd become that, even though I was very like soft and gentle when I was younger. Um, and it really helped me to break down everything that I thought I was. Yeah. in the world and actually come back to who I really was and actually I realized that I have that energy where like I'm a type of person I can stand anywhere and everybody will tell me mm. their stuff so I've learned now how to create healthy boundaries and when I want to when I don't want to but the old me didn't know that and yeah. that's why I was always depleted mm-hmm. I so understand funny. that I really understand that I I feel very similarly I would take on a lot of other people's emotions and responsibilities that weren't my own and just get kind of lost within them. Yeah. And I think one of my students really said it best. She said that what she feels like now is that she feels kind of like in, you know, those superpower movies where people <laughs> kind of bullets or, you know, big balls of light and she's just dodging them, like moving her body from side to side. And it's super slow that she's doing it, but she can start to see what's coming at her and she just moves out of the way. And and <laughs> to me, I, I feel that that's a lot of what it really like morphs into. Yeah. I agree with that. It's almost like, oh, no, no, thank you. Next. <laughs> yeah. And it's really easy to spot, right? Because you're so in tune with, yourself that you know very easily what feels right for you and what doesn't yeah when you start meditating your intuition goes to another level like you can sense things before they happen like I I don't know with yourself but like with me um say when I want to get a car parking space before I even arrive I'm like oh let's even get two today and then I'd turn up and there's two already there and I'm like ping (laughs) that trust piece that you were talking about yeah that's what it does it really it um, it, I, I like to say that, so Einstein asks, says that one of the most important questions you can ask yourself is, is the world a friendly place? And for me, before meditation, it was not a friendly place, but after it is a, a very friendly place and it has everything to do with that trust. It, it suddenly, you begin to see people differently. You begin to see, um, how, how everything is connected and, um, there's just a goodness within people that you see yeah and even the ones that have like upset or hurt you you actually start to see them from a different way like you actually feel sorry for them because they're they're hurt hurt people hurt people right so mm-hmm. the old you would have been like how dare they treat me that way who do they think they are yes. and then the empowered meditated side of you is like right I get it okay I can only be who I am and I can also be a supporting light to them but I don't have to allow them to affect me mm-hmm. yes yeah. I mean because it it shows you that we are all we're all we all suffer right we all um have gone through heartbreak we've all had losses we've all um 
you know, and we all want the same things. We all want to feel joy and peace and at ease in our lives. And so it, it, it's almost as if you start to come to relationships through that lens of just understanding that the reason people are the way they are is based off of the experiences that they've had and the suffering that they've experienced. And, you know, suffering in this context can be, you know, anything that really causes discomfort that you're, you're sitting in. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We, I can't believe the time we're coming towards the end of the show already. <laughs> I was, I really want to talk more about it and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> um, but no, thank you for sharing that. And um, I've just got a few more questions there for you. Yes. The first one is what are your five top tips for someone who's struggling to meditate? What can they do? Well, I think so. First off, it's knowing that thoughts are okay in meditation because I think that often that's one of the top reasons that students will decide to stop meditating is because they just have all these thoughts and they were told that they need to stop thinking, and that's not the case. So, thoughts are okay in meditation. Um, you want to have your thoughts be there because what you're doing is you're just noticing them, you're just noticing them coming through and your mind is meant to think so you your thoughts are going to be there and then when you get caught up in one that's okay that's a really beautiful moment where you notice that you're distracted and that's when you get to say okay you know I see you thank you for sharing I'm just going to come back to my point of focus and that's the practice and so um, I think it's knowing that as long as you are constantly getting distracted and coming back to your point of focus as well, you know that you're doing it correctly, right? So thoughts are okay. And knowing that you're getting distracted and coming back is um, is the practice itself. And then you can always begin again, right? Um, you, you can maybe have one day that feels off and then you come back and it's a completely different experience. And once you are caught up, it maybe you've been caught up the whole 10 minutes that you were sitting. That's okay. It's a non-judgmental, friendly attention that you want, and you just come back and you begin again. Um, and I, I think also with, you know, it it really takes this willingness. If you're struggling to meditate, it's about carving out the time to do it. So even if it's five minutes. You know, in the morning before you, you know, you get out of bed, you go to the bathroom, you come back. Maybe you just do some deep breathing, you know, five deep breaths. That could be your meditation practice. It's really about making it doable for you and not trying not trying someone else's meditation practice, right? Not mm-hmm. trying to recreate somebody else's practice for you if that is not the right practice for you. Yeah. Um, and... I also think that, you know, if you're just struggling to stay awake during meditation, that then the practice for you really becomes to lean in closer to the breath or to lean in closer to your mantra or whatever the anchor is that you are focusing on and becoming more curious about about it. Um, Also, instead of lying down doing meditation, I really recommend seated meditation. And then the last piece is you can bring it into your day-to-day without doing formal meditation practice. So you don't have to sit and 
you know, for 10, 20 minutes, you can really take something in your day to day, like, you know, opening the car door or when you sit down and you turn your computer on at work and just starting to pay attention to that moment and starting to pay attention to how how it feels to open the car door, how your hand grips, how it feels to move your arm, right? And picking something that you do every day and turning it into more of a mindful moment. And that can become a meditation too, right? Because meditation is really just the, it's the formal practice of mindfulness. So, yeah. Thank you for that. I, I love those five top tips. And yeah, exactly what you were saying at the end. I really, I really relate with that. I love looking at like the ocean or like the waves of water and just standing there for a few minutes and that feels like a meditation to me Mm. and it's just like ignoring the outer world and just watching each like wave (laughs) yeah it's even I mean sitting on the bus and just picking a spot in front of you to look at and noticing when there's a distraction you just notice the distraction and then you come back to the spot that you're looking at Right. Um, Powerful. And what are you most grateful for? What am I most grateful for? Mm-hmm. It's a really good question. Um, I am really grateful for the opportunity to be alive. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I just really feel so grateful for um, my body and um, my health and I mean my children and I, I mean there's two there's so many things to be grateful for um, so <laughs> I, I'm really grateful that I found meditation and I'm really grateful that it's uh, a practice that is is um, doable, right? It's tangible, it's practical, and that it has really helped me enjoy my relationships. It's really helped me live the life that I never thought that I would be able to live. Mm -hmm. And that I am just so, I'm so grateful for, for that email that came through that introduced me to it. Mm. magic Mm. and what shines your inner light what shines my inner light the well I think there are two things that shine my inner light one is helping others see that they can they can create a different relationship to the suffering in their life Mm -hmm. um, that they can move away from being reactive and becoming more responsive and being able to speak in a kind, honest and helpful way. Um, Seeing other people change the way they communicate to me just brings me so much joy. (laughs) Um, And then the other is uh, movement. Mm-hmm. For me, d- like moving my body and dancing and connecting um, to the energy within me, really, it, it's almost like this 
turbine. It just generates for me this, um, it's this pleasure that runs throughout my body that then I feel kind of turns this light switch on in me that gives me the opportunity to open my arms and, you know, embrace those who are excited to, to change the way they communicate and live differently in the world. I love that. Thank you so much, Cynthia, for being on the show and just raising your vibration and helping so many people to trust from within. Like it's, you're just doing amazing work. And I'm just so grateful for everything that you're doing. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed our conversation today. It was really fun. And I, I just, your energy through this platform, and I know that we are just speaking voice to voice, but <laughs> it's, it's so divine. I really, oh. really just, I appreciate you. Thank you. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> I'm already crying over here from what you said to me. <laughs> wow. What a powerful interview. Oh, thank you so much, Cynthia. Wow. There was so much oh, amazing things in this conversation today. And it just goes to show as empaths, we have so much to share in this world and we have so many gifts that we're here to tap into. It's just trusting from the, within, just like Cynthia. It's about listening to the inner voice and doing the inner work and meditating to really tap into what you're here to do because all of us have these unique gifts in the world. We're here to shift humanity, but it's about learning what our gift is because the outer world has kind of helped, it's almost like stopped us from trusting who we are. So it's we have to go from within to understand who we are and what we're here to do. And that anxiety, that depression, that feeling of confusionness will just start to get lighter and you'll begin to know who you are more and more. And you'll just start to trust yourself even more than ever. Wow, unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Uh, before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. Quiet the mind and the soul will speak. That's a quote by Mai Jaya Sati Bhagavati. For more information about the show or how to trust your inner light, visit my new coaching program at gerdshandel.com. And remember, stay happy, stay healthy, stay lit. lit. lit.